The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Welcome, listeners from across our planet. Welcome those that know we are truly connected and not separated by borders, beliefs, organizations, or intentions. Now is our time to escape the tyranny of the communications and leadership barriers too often witnessed in our political, regulatory, media, and special interest groups. In my upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, I set out 10 steps that are essential to successful collaboration. This show's theme is Collaborate with Vision, and that's step number eight of my 10. I'm delighted to provide you with the insight and stories of my collaborative network. I challenge anyone to show me where they can find connection to 45 experts and do it uh, so openly and on your time. So what I've decided to do and what my guests have allowed me to do is uh, I'm really excited about this. With the support of my 45 guests in this 15-week uh, series, I will be publishing a book next year, an ebook and an audio set, Breakthrough to Yes, The Wisdom on the Podcasts. This will include all of the interviews plus excerpts of my talks and recent, recent workshops. This is going to be so cool. I don't have to be the rock star. I just have to know an amazing community of wise people, collaborative leaders around the world. Now, today's show features more wise people, friends of mine, people I deeply respect. Dana Mize, Prince George, British Columbia. Deanne Turner, Atlanta, Georgia. Teresa de Grubois, Calgary, Alberta. Doreen Liberto Blanc, San Luis Obispo, California. Today's key messages include, one, your dreams will inspire others and inspire you. Two, Collaboration is a key part of your successful organizational culture. And three, how you are in relationship with others will define your future success. Here's a quote from my upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration. In the past, we said the sky is the limit. With collaboration producing multinational space exploration probes, we may say, the universe is the limit. Consider my client and friend Ron Fraser's thoughts on this and what he has to say about collaboration in my book. Here's Ron. First, we live in confusing times, made more confusing by the tendency of more powerful people to speak for supposedly less powerful ones, 
at every level of our human interaction, whether business, medicine, law, education, whatever. Why not discover the actual interests that people have? Why not truly discover with clarity by inviting, inviting real people with real interests to use their own voice? Collaboration levels the playing field by reducing the confusion created by power. Second, collaboration is a behavior, even a liturgy, that holds profound promise in shaping the deepest desires of human flourishing, the desire to love and be loved. Collaborative habits can set the table for some of the most primordial primordial longings that makes us truly human. The third reason is the hope that collaboration holds for learning. If finding and using one's own voice has anything at all to do with personal transformation, i.e. learning, then collaboration holds the essential keys. The practice of putting into words, articulating what we mean, reshaping our horizons. When we speak and hear others, our worlds move. The fourth reason, and perhaps the most important one, is that collaboration become not just a practice, but a way of being, a way of becoming. Ron Fraser, Director of Learning Services, the Alberta Bible College in Calgary, Alberta. Now, leadership can connect your people within your organization as well as across the world in ways that we've not seen possible until now. Leadership is also about connecting with self. Are you in alignment with your values and your actions and communications? What values does a collaborative leader hold? Are you in coherence between your head and your heart? Do you lead from your heart and your whole intelligence? Do you see your purpose as getting the right things done that serve the whole? As a conscious leader, conscious business leader, what is your answer to, I am, we are? Fill in the blanks. I am. We are. Take some time to think about this. Your answers, as they are expressed in the moment and as they evolve over time, inform your vision, purpose, community, actions, and relationships. These questions were front of mind as a collaborative effort took shape among 100 peers from around the world who contributed their wisdom to Breakthrough DS, unlocking the possible within a culture of collaboration. Together, we will take our awareness, curiosity, and decisions to a much more profound and successful level. Today, we've got Dana Meisey, the uh, great hike uh, specialist on the Trans-Canada Trail. In December uh, 2013, my friend Dana became the first person to hike across Canada from coast to coast, east to west on the Trans-Canada Trail. Huge accomplishment. And he is about to complete at least 24,000 kilometer of that Trans-Canada Trail. Uh, Dana is in Dawson City in the Yukon right now on his way to the Arctic Ocean. Welcome, Dana. Hey, it's good to be part of your show. So, Dana, can you uh, give our listeners a little bit of background to yourself and, and why you're doing the Great Hike? Well, I just had a dream to do it, and I uh, made a promise to my father, who can't walk, and, uh, you know, a promise is a promise. A handshake deal is a handshake deal, in my in my world, anyway, and um, that's it. Um, and it's been nothing but uh, dividends, <laughs> you know. It's such an amazing journey, and the people are so amazing, and everything's remarkable, yes, indeed. 
Well, you're an amazing person, an amazing man, Dana. I, I have a huge admiration for you because you've largely been doing this on your own. Yeah. And yet, and yet you've learned to collaborate along the way. So you've, uh, you've borne everything on your own time and expense, and yet you've uh, learned that there are many, many people there that would really love to help you. Can you uh, share a little more about that, Dana? Yeah, interestingly enough, when I first began, I, I you know, uh, embarrassingly enough, I'll tell you straight up, I was uh, very egotistical in the sense that I don't need help. I'm independent. I'm strong. I'm a strong guy. But what I realized was is I was losing out on a lot of opportunity, and um, people really, really wanted to be part of the journey. And it was just one of those realization moments where you're literally like, oh, my goodness, you know, like I'm actually being a jerk here in a sense that, you know, I, these people really want to be part of it. And and not for ego, not for recognition, just, just because um, what I did echo affected and everything maybe perhaps they wanted to do. So I was really fortunate to have some people in the beginning of my journey, especially in Newfoundland, <laughs> which is an easy place to get along. Um, just people that really wanted to be part of what you were doing. And, and then I realized that I had the ability to give back. And, and because when people offer you food or something, you, you, you think that they're just giving it to you. No, you're actually, in their world, giving them a story. And I didn't realize the power of a story and, and the power of just getting along, you know. There's a, there's a big piece of this that uh, many of us have got to learn more from people like you, Dana, where we think we have to do it all ourselves. And, That's and that correct. Ex- and that excludes others. Yeah, and that is so such a such an awful way of thinking, and that's where I went wrong. I went wrong at first, and then I realized very quickly that everything I had done is like I have a gift. I'm giving back. Like collaboration, as as it's you know, it's all about give and take. But your contribution can be something you don't even realize you're contributing. Like you inspire someone to. To, to walk down that street, to, to see a waterfall they've never seen before. You inspire people all the time, and you don't realize you're doing it. And, and, and that's a dialogue you have with the people you're with. Wonderful. Now, we've got a couple minutes left, Dana. Um, how do people find out more about you and The Great Hike? Um, well, just The Great Hike, like... You know, I don't self-promote and I don't have somebody doing it for me. I really like the natural aspect of just meeting people along the way. So when I'm in the Yukon here, um, the word of mouth is crazy here. Like, because there's, you know, people still have a lot of flip phones. <laughs> and um, so the point is, is people just love what you do and the word gets around and people treat you like gold. And I think, you know, I, I don't know what else to say other than to say that you know, people just um, tend to really resonate with somebody who's just following a dream and just, you know, just, just out there doing what they got to do. Yeah. Well, you're a great Canadian and world-class explorer. I think you probably have the Guinness records for the longest hike. Yes, I do, yeah. Wonderful. And, and I was also named one of the top 100 greatest Canadian explorers of all time by Canadian Geographic, which was like, for me, honestly, when, when I read that, and they don't, they don't tell you that, right? They just do it. And uh, when I read that, I was like, just sat on my ass and was like, oh, I cannot believe it. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I just 
was so honored, and uh, I'm so grateful that people really, really uh, thought that my journey's been that that wonderful. So, yeah. So, do you have I, I, do you have one one final thing that you'd like to uh, share with our listeners today? Um. Yeah, I, I guess I guess it's just all about. Um, well, you're about collaboration. I mean, the book and everything, and and uh, what you're doing is remarkable because. I really truly believe that because I'm not anti anything. I'm always pro whatever makes sense, and so I guess that would be my my big thing. Would be just like you know, just just listen to what your your opponent has to say. Uh, and in many times, people don't always love my hike. By the way, the people will be like, "What are you living on the tax dollar?" and blah blah blah. But I always win them over because I'm like, no, actually, in fact, I do this on my own, and you know, I have sponsorship, and I pay taxes like everyone else, and and um, and what ultimately ends up happening is I win them over, and that's just by hearing their voice yeah. and understanding, and I don't just walk away and be like, well, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> no, I don't do that. My whole goal with this journey has always been like information, so. You know, yes, and you never know where that can come from. It can sometimes come from one of your, your adversaries. A solitary hiker over seven years is actually connecting communities and people and yeah. nation. Yeah, all these years, like, connecting all these communities. And, 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 and more often than not, it's just a, a, an angry person. And what happens is is you say to you, like, you, 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 you speak with them, and then what happens is they're like, I was like, well, where are you from? And they'll be like, well, I'm from London, Ontario. I'm like, oh, home of Sir Frederick Manting, right, who invented insulin. Imagine how many lives he saved as a Canadian. What an amazing life he had, by the way. And, and then all of a sudden he lights up and he's like, well, yeah, 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 that's where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. And even if he didn't realize that that's where he's from, it lights him up. And that's what this hike has done for me. It's allowed me to really open up so many doors because I, I have walked over a thousand Canadian communities and I can just see them. And then when I meet people, I always say, where are you from? And then we talk and I'm like, and, and, you know, I was also gifted with an amazing recall ability, meaning like, you know, I, uh, well, well, I'm, I'm uh, sorry that for right now, we're going to have to end this interview, but uh, you light us up and thank you so much, Dana, for everything that you're doing. And oh, we Dave, will I'd be in touch. For you. <laughs> we will find ways to celebrate your your film, your book, and my book as well, and my radio show in the future. Oh, Dave, you have no idea I'd do anything for you. You are uh, you are the true deal, and I aspire to be be uh, hopefully one day, uh, you know, with your coaching. I hope at some point uh, in your shoes. Well, thank you so much, Dana. Yeah, thank you too. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company, while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. 
See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Deanne Turner has worked for Chick-fil-A for more than 30 years and currently serves as Vice President Corporate Talent. So that's not human resources, corporate talent. Over the years, Deanne has played an intricate role in growing Chick-fil-A's unique and highly regarded culture while overseeing recruitment, selection, retention of corporate staff and recruitment of the franchisees. Deanne's insightful knowledge and applicable tools to building an incredible, influential culture are revealed in her new book, her best-selling book. I'm so happy for Deanne. She has published November 3rd, and it immediately became a bestseller. It's my pleasure, the impact of extraordinary talent and a compelling culture. So, Deanne, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and uh, what, how they can learn more about you. Sure, David. Well, thank you very much. We um, have uh, enjoyed a tremendous culture at Chick-fil-A that was founded by our our founder, Truett Cathy, and so I had the opportunity to work with him side-by-side for about 28 of those 30 years that I worked for Chick-fil-A. And his principle was all about that it's all about the people. And he liked to say we're not in the chicken business, we're in the people business, and that people decisions are the most important decisions we make. And so from his guidance and influence, uh, I chose to write a book about those experiences. And uh, in that book, one can learn about the essence of a, a compelling culture, can learn about building a team that creates a compelling culture, growing a compelling culture within your team, and engaging your guests in a compelling culture. And so all of those things are about selecting the talent and about the uh, principles and behaviors that cause people to stay with you a long, long time, which has resulted in Chick-fil-A's um, not only a great sales path of double-digit sales increases over most of the years we've been in business, but also 95% retention rates of our corporate staff and our franchisees. 95%? 95%. Wow. Tell, tell me more, because that, that's just unheard of. That is unique. Well, it started with Truett, and he really believed that if you made the right selection, um, then everything else would fall into place if you, did, if you just made the right selection. So we invest a ton of time. Uh, it, it's probably average about 90 to 120 days average that somebody is in the selection process um, for a job or to become a franchisee. And the purpose of that is twofold. One is obvious to make sure that we make a really good uh, 
selection. But the second is we like for people to get to know us during that time period so they can make sure it's what they really want to do. Because we're looking for, as often as possible, a long-term relationship. We believe that's helped make us more successful. So really what's been behind that retention is that we make the right selection to begin with. And so we invest the money uh, and the time up front to do that. And then we don't have to spend as much money and time on the back end making changes. Yeah. So tell me about that back end. I've got a lot of experience in that, and I'm, and I'm, what I'm really hearing is, Deanne, you're talking about making sure that it's you really do the work, you really get the right people and support them and, and engage them uh, without treating them as uh, widgets or resources. What, what happens at the back end? You know, you're 95% uh, retention, that's, that's exceptional. <laughs> Well, the back end for most people associated with Chick-fil-A's retirement, um, because that's what most people do when they come here. They stay till retirement. If something turns out not to be a good fit, the first thing we do um, that's performance-related, we've made a commitment. So we work very, very hard to give every opportunity for someone who's struggling, and we do that through whatever coaching is needed, training that's needed, development that's needed, um, and we really do everything we can to make it successful before uh, we give up on it and hopefully the employee gives up on it. So that back end is predominantly we're planning people's retirement receptions versus um, asking them to, to exit the company. Yeah, that's so <laughs> so wise uh, and also great business because uh, you don't have a, a turnstile coming in where you're selecting Retain, retraining, uh, doing all that, and deselecting, it it's allows you to be much more focused during that five-year or 50-year career, I'm sure. Right. Well, the selection process can be expensive, um, but the turnover is, you know, it, usually the average of an, any employee in the U.S. is fifteen to $25,000 to replace them, and, that's, and I think that's conservative. So I think it's um, worth the investment, and not to mention the distractions you don't have by keeping people in place. And when you lose people, that's a huge distraction to rebuild a team. And in fact, it impacts your ability to collaborate. Yeah. Now, for those people that have not yet read It's My Pleasure, tell our listeners one big idea in your book. I think that um, there are many. There are several things in there, but I think that... um, One of my favorite sections, and people tell me, let's tell you about a favorite section of mine. I talk about, and it's really related to what we were just talking about, I talk about stewarding talent, and I talk about stewarding um, emerging talent and stewarding seasoned talent, because that works a little bit differently in each case. Emerging talent these days, they're looking for early opportunities, lots of feedback, lots of early responsibility. Um, and they and they do bring fresh ideas to the table. Seasoned leadership, which we have a lot of at Chick-fil-A, obviously with the high retention, uh, they bring context to the discussion, wisdom, lots of years of experience of seeing what's worked and what hasn't worked. And where we're truly remarkable as an organization is when we're able to leverage both emerging talent and seasoned talent together. And so our organization really works at that, um, to get those fresh, new, 
ideas, and I call it the momentum. And when I think about seasoned talent, I call that the endurance. And when momentum and endurance come together, that's where we create some really remarkable results. Deanne, you know, this is fascinating to me because oftentimes in my generation, and I'm older than you are, uh, my generation tends to get in the way. You know, the, the older we get, the the more it's important than what I hear you saying, the more important it is to actually let the seasoned talent mentor, support, and encourage and and be part of the training, but not not plug up the system. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, and, and David, I, of course, understand that after 30 years as well. I think the <laughs> most important thing that I do as a leader right now is to provide the context to help people see the boundaries, to remove the barriers for them, and then let them go and encourage them along the path um, and let them come to me when they need help. Um, but the most important thing sometimes I can do is just stay out of the way. Yeah, I was uh, I was at the Omega Institute, and we were putting on a presentation probably about ten years ago, Deanne, and and one of the participants, um, Ann Begler, actually, out of uh, uh, I think Ann is in uh, Pittsburgh, if I recall. She said, "Dave, do you want to know the definition of respect?" I said, "Sure." And tell me, and she said, "It's not doing for others what they can do for themselves." Mm. I loved it. Oh yeah, that's great. So very good, Deanne. Um, tell us a little more. I guess what I would like to do as we close this, in this moment, what is one thing you challenge our listeners to do or become more aware of to make their collaborations more successful? I think one of the most important things we can do is we want to leverage all the talent that's available to us. And to do that, we have to appreciate, we talked about the differences between emerging and seasoned talent, but there's all kinds of differences that come to the table. And if we really want to win with our businesses, we have to be innovative. And the way to be more innovative is to collaborate around differences. And so we can bring that kind of Um, diverse thinking and diverse experiences to the table and really leverage all of that, that's where an organization is really going to perform. Wonderful. Any last comments? I'd like to continue this conversation for a long time, but any last thoughts before we go, Deanne? I appreciate so much your time, and I hope that your listeners will be interested in reading It's My Pleasure. Um, and they can learn more about me at deanneturner.com. And buy your book on uh, whatever source you want. Just about any of them right now, but amazon.com at my website or at Barnes & Noble are some of the choices. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your insight, Deanne Turner. Thank you so much, David. In November 2015, I made a presentation to Synergy Alberta titled Rethink Stakeholder Engagement and Regulatory Processes. I think we need to rethink simply because the processes actually diminish trust, innovation, relationship, respect, fairness, transparency, possibilities, community, and they reduce collaboration. This is such a waste of time. 
such a waste of money, such a waste of innovation potential, a destroyer of trust. The way we look at this is just, you know, not so fair. What I want to say is by rethinking the whole process, I want to create a vision of what's possible as, to, as opposed to forcing my clients, my province, my country, my world into uh, square pegs and round holes or round holes and, you know, it just doesn't work. If you're a regulatory lawyer, a politician or somebody employed by the regulatory process or the professionals, mostly this works. And I will admit the outcome is they usually get it right. But the process destroys possibility or at least diminishes it. So in my recent experience of defending clients who were faced with a mountain removal coal strip mine proposal in Alberta, I respect the international coal company. Good folks, we can communicate clearly. I respect the Canadian Environmental Assessment Agency, the AER, the National Energy Board, etc. But at the end of the day, you've got landowners right across the road from a, basically a mountain that's going to be destroyed, blown up, shipped away, separated, uh, who could go through six to eight years of process and not much recognition for what they're faced with. When the money comes, it goes to the lawyers. It doesn't go to the landowners. When the companies make their applications, well, most, most of the processes are designed for short term, things that can be resolved within weeks or months, not years. It separates. It really separates. So let's, let's look at, you know, who, who is actually rewarded or who gains from eight-year regulatory processes, millions and millions of dollars in process costs. Where is the public interest? When do we get to talk about shared value? When do we get to talk about the future? You know, in, in my presentation, I talked about, with respect for the community, inclusion of the Pekani people of the Blackfoot tribe, Recognition of renewable energy initiatives and a focus on economic, environmental, and community sustainability for this area and for Canada. Projects like this proposed mountain removal project are better served with a round table. So earlier this summer, I tried hard to get everybody just to sit down and say, if we want the best for this area in the future, how do we create that together? I challenged the listeners, the participants in my workshop, what are the three things we need to rethink? How will we break through to yes? How will we proceed this way? These are all good questions. And I want you to be part of the answer. Thank you. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company, while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. 
Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Living the life of your dreams takes action. Otherwise, you're just dreaming. That's a quote from my wonderful next guest, Teresa de Grabois. Teresa is an international speaker sought by entrepreneurs and large corporations wanting to better understand how local word of mouth can suddenly turn epidemic. She specializes in topics on including influence and success. Teresa has a proven track record in understanding word-of-mouth epidemics and having taken three books to the bestseller status in only eight months. She teaches business and marketing courses around the globe, including teaching classes to start up entrepreneurs in developing countries. Teresa is the chair of the Evolutionary Business Council, that's the Evolutionary Business Council, and leads an international invitation-only council of speakers and influencers dedicated to teaching the principles of success. You know, go to her website, com. so that's T-E-R-E-S-A-D-E-G-R-O-S-B-O-I-S.com. You'll learn a lot more. I learn a lot from Teresa. Teresa lives in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, but she's a citizen of the world. One of the things that I mostly... Uh, enjoy about the Evolutionary Business Council. It's leaders coaching leaders. It is a true collaborative where people can put an issue out and get influence. Talking about influence, Teresa just released Mass Influence, the habits of highly influential of the highly influential. That's Mass Influence, the habits of the highly influential. Welcome, Teresa. Uh, I've spoken it's great enough. Great to be here, David. Uh, tell us, tell us more about you, your work, and and the the things that are important to you. Oh well, um, you know, I, I really have a lot of fun um, working with people who, you know, everyday good people, everyday heroes that are just all about how do we teach the world better ways of being, better ways of thinking. Um, so you know, I have a lot of fun helping. Regular people see that it's the everyday grassroots initiatives that really create the most change on this planet. Yeah, there's been such a shift, hasn't there? You know, we have circumvented the the mainstay controlled panel uh, uh, processes of communication, connection, learning, and through people like yourself, the Evolutionary Business Council, 
and everybody in your organization and in your network, you make change. What that, a little bit, uh, I noticed that uh, in my introduction as I was reading it, I'm curious more about the developing nations component of your work. I know that you travel a lot and you've done a lot. Can you share with our listeners a little more about collaborative leadership in the, for the developing leaders and countries? Well, well, you know, if you really look at what's happening with um, a lot of the research on success and influence and leadership skills, there's an awful lot happening in the English-speaking world. You know, a lot of the principles of success are really becoming everyday, you know, common knowledge in, um, in the English-speaking cultures of the world. For example, we know that you know, a lot of us create self-limiting beliefs in those earliest years of our lives, often before we have uh, reached the age of six. You know, often those first failures in life create a lot of self-limiting beliefs that start running the show as we get older. And, you know, most good, successful leaders have had to overcome a lot of that hardwiring, overcome a lot of that negative self-talk in order to step into leadership and influence and yet much of that research and much of that thinking is not making it into other language cultures. And in fact, I personally believe that when we can find the folks that are teaching that and really help them help get that knowledge out um, to the far-reaching corners of the world, that actually is going to uh, create significant shift in terms of not only shifting the economies of the poorest countries, um, but shifting you know basic fundamental uh, things on this planet, like how much war we end up in and how much conflict and strife there is. Yeah, I'm creating that global connection that we have such the easiest access in the world to each other through the internet, for example, through telephones. Now, I, I also want to come back to uh, mass influence. You know, as somebody that I respect a great deal, you've published three bestsellers previously. You've just published Mass Influence. And, that, you know, as somebody that is keenly interested in what you do and how you do it, obviously I wanted to jump in on social media. I wanted to pre-order Mass Influence. And what's happened since the release? Tell us about how you crowdsourced, uh, engaged at a local level, and, and what's happened. Pretty humbling what's been going on with this book since release day. Um, I actually, I'm deeply moved to see the response this book has had because, you know, the same day we launched, we hit the bestseller list in, in three countries in Canada, the UK, um, and Germany. And uh, have since hit number one in four countries. We're now on the bestseller list in Canada and Australia as well. We hit number one in Australia yesterday. Um, you know, so it's it's interesting watching the response this book has got, but it's very basic practical principles laid out in this book. You know, influence in my world is a lot like breathing. You know, (laughs) breathing was a skill you had to learn in the first few seconds you were alive, and if you didn't learn it, life was going to be very difficult, and once you learned it, you never really thought about that skill again. And yet breathing takes up 24 hours out of every day. And influence is a lot like that. It's a very natural and intuitive skill. And once you learn it, you never really think about it again. You simply move through your day um, using the principles and, and using what you know to work. Um, but the learning of it actually takes something. It takes some paradigm shifts. It especially takes confronting some of your negative uh, limiting self-beliefs. 
And so one of the reasons I wrote this book was that I really wanted uh, everyday good people to get that influence is a skill of leadership that is worth having, and it's a lot easier to attain than you might think. Well, you've, uh, you've gifted the world. You've gifted our relationship, Teresa. As we close now, Thank you. in this moment, what's one thing that you wish to challenge our listeners to do or become more aware of to build their collaborative success? Well, I think one of the most foundational principles of influence is you've got to give influence to get influence. Just like if you want to get respect, you give respect. And influence is no different than that. If you want to become influential, start acknowledging and recognizing the good work of other people. Become the raving fan of other people you respect and admire. And in that act, watch what starts happening to your own influence. Mm -hmm. I often um, challenge people to do a 30-day challenge. In fact, we give out a program that teaches people how to do this when you get the book. We're giving the book away for free right now, by the way. So if if you want a digital form of the book, you can go to massinfluencethebook.com. Um, but I would say for the next 30 days, gift out influence 30 times and watch what happens to your own influence. Fantastic. Fantastic, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's just been my pleasure, David. Thank you. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. I introduce you, listeners, to Doreen Liberto Blanc. She is the owner, president, founder of Earth Design, and she is also a director with me in our collaborative global initiative. Doreen works in many places around the world, across North America, has done some exceptional work in California. Uh, her home is in San Luis Obispo, California. And Doreen's focus is land use planning, environmental analysis, public policy development, mediation, facilitation, 
consensus building, conflict resolution. She is a member of Mediators Beyond Borders, as I am. She's on the national roster of environmental dispute resolution and the American Institute of Certified Planners and Association of Conflict Resolution Specialties. So, Doreen, I I could talk about you because uh, you and I met just a few months ago, and I'm so impressed with the work that you do for community, for Earth, and for making business work in the new ways. What, uh, rather than me continuing to talk about uh, somebody I have a deep respect for, Doreen, introduce yourself and about your work and how people can learn more about you. Thank you, Dave, for those kind words. I have about 30-plus years of experience as a community planner, environmental planner, economic development advisor, educator, and, and of course, professional facilitator and mediator. I taught urban planning and collaborative planning at one of the Cal State universities for several years and have authored a number of articles. I was also on the San Luis Obispo County Planning Commission for six and a half years, and I have a graduate degree in dispute resolution from Pepperdine University School of Law. I've mediated and facilitated a number of multi-stakeholder projects, as you've mentioned. I'm currently part of the Collaborative Global Initiative with you, Dave, and I'm very proud of that. And uh, I look forward to many years of continued association with you. Tell us, uh, in the last couple of years, Doreen, give us an example of a, a very interesting project that you've been involved in. Probably one of the more interesting projects that I've been involved in actually is indirectly associated with climate change issues. Um, In California, we have a very progressive policy, very progressive program for climate change and how to address it. And so there have been some new laws through California where through urban planning, communities are encouraged to balance transportation with land use. So one project I've been working on in South Monterey County is on something that's a multi, uh, a multimodal transit district or transit center. And the interesting thing about this is to bringing together all of the parties, number one, to bring the state of California into accepting that this is a location for a transit district, number one. Number two, identifying the stakeholders so that we can begin meeting and planning on what type of transit center it's going to be. And for those people who don't know what a transit multimodal transit district is, it's essentially where you have rail stop, you'll have uh, public buses, have taxis, uh, just a combination of, of modes of transportation to get people out of their car and get them into another mode of transportation. And the interesting part of this, this program, this uh, collaboration, is that we included Fort Hunter Liggett, which is a very large army base uh, in Monterey County. The importance of that is that the Army was very interested in having alternative mode of transportation so because they were bringing many of their troops uh, in single f- vehicles. 
and to Monterey area. And so they, we've been working with the Army. We've been working with the regional parks. We've been working, of course, with the county, regional governments, just a number of stakeholders to make this uh, multimodal transit center viable, number one, and number two, conceivable. And we're to a point right now where we actually have concept plans that we've developed for the site. We've worked with the property owners in the area. And so we actually are coming to a point where we're now going after funding and it look it does look like it's going to be very feasible. This has been a long process, 10 years of getting it from actually having the state of California to acknowledge, yes, this is where we should have a multimodal transit district to, yes, now it's going to be feasible and we'll have a stop there probably in about four to five years. Wonderful. And and uh, there's also a, a future series of events on the climate change adaptation series that you and Kathy Porter really initiated. Uh, I'm working with you on it, uh, Charlie Graydon. Uh, many others are working within our collaborative global initiative with, uh, in association with Mediators Beyond Borders. We're, we're looking forward to meeting with the uh, Rhodes House in Oxford, England, and uh, the first of annual adaptation summits uh, will be in Vancouver, uh, October 14 to 16, 2016. Um, as, as the visionary, as the uh, co-visionary along with Kathy Porter, uh, tell our listeners what, what the point of that, what, why are we doing that, and, and what's the invitation? Yeah, this is very exciting for Kathy and for me because we began talking in June about climate change issues and getting beyond the actual debates that are going on about climate change, at least in the USA, they're still debating about whether or not it exists. And actually getting beyond that, getting beyond talking about scientific models or other evidence of what's happening and say, you know, we need to, we are accepting that this is an issue, climate change is an issue. So let's now get beyond that and start talking about how can we make decisions? What are the tools that are available to make decisions to resolve disagreements, uh, maybe between government agencies on what to do about climate change, or to come to a consensus, bring everybody together to come up with a plan on how to mutually address climate change issues. And so this will be, as far as I know, the first time that there will be any conference worldwide actually talking about getting beyond the discussion of, of climate change per se and then talking about how do we resolve these issues? What are what are the tools available to make decisions, collaborative tools available? It's really exciting. I think it is exciting and I'm, I'm really excited also for the reception that we're getting on this that uh, business people are just as excited because business people have assets and billion dollar arenas and communities have you know, I guess the bottom line is it gets way beyond this uh, debate and into how do we relate, how do we collaborate, how do we, how do we make things better together? I think um, we're all stakeholders in this day, whether you are you know, part of a sporting community where you have many people coming to your stadiums or you're a person living in a house, we're all part of the climate change issues. And how do we bring everybody together to make mutually uh, agreeable decisions? And it is um, exciting to do that. And this conference will present 
ways to do that, present tools so people can go away and say, um, okay, we're going to take this back to our local community and we're going, we now know a way to bring people together to start talking about this issue. So I, I expect, uh, you know, last time I got my analytics, uh, we have listeners in about 16 countries around the world. I expect some of them are going to be saying, wow, how do I learn more? Can I get involved? How do they get in touch with you, Doreen or Kathy, or, you know, or just get, have an opportunity to read your blogs to, to build their awareness about these series? Sure. I, I think probably the best thing is I'll give an email address. People can Great. contact me if they're interested. Um, then I can give them additional information. So my email address is Doreen, D-O-R-E-E-N, Liberto, L-I-B, E-R-T-O, Blanc, B-L-A-N-C-K, at yahoo.com. Wonderful. Now, as we, as we close this conversation, Doreen, in this moment, what's one thing you challenge our listeners to do or become more aware of to make their collaborations more successful? I, I think one of the most important things to do is to look outside of the ordinary people that are collaborating and look at people who are not represented um, as part of collaborations and include them into the circle of collaboration. I've worked with many people and many government agencies, private, who have said, we've always done it this way. We've always included the same people. And as Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We truly want to be do a collaboration. We need to reach out to groups and individuals who are not normally at the table. Um, and we need to invite them as part of the dialogue. Thank you so much, Doreen Liberta Blanc of Earth Design and the Collaborative Global Initiative. You can check us out at uh, collaborativeglobalinitiative.com. Thanks again, Doreen. Thank you, Dave. Today we've listened to four more incredibly intelligent, committed, and visionary people in my network and now in your network. We've heard from Dana Mize, a man who's been on an eight-year journey walking the Trans-Canada Trail, ocean to ocean to ocean, mostly on his own, but with great support from many. He inspires me. Hopefully he inspires you. We've talked to Deanne Turner of Chick-fil-A and a recent bestseller. You know, she, along with me, uh, worked with Elevate Publishing out of Boise, Idaho. Great people. Deanne is just a great heart, and now you know it. We've talked to Teresa Dugubois of Calgary. Mass Influence, her fourth international bestseller. So it is truly about collaboration. We've talked just now with Doreen Liberta Blanc of San Luis Obispo, California. Doreen does earth designs. We are working together on a climate change adaptation series of summits starting in Oxford, England, then going to Vancouver, and then many nations, we hope, we're getting such positive feedback. Let's not argue about the shallow of the debate. Let's work together on the solutions and build community, build understanding, build innovation. Today, our key messages include, one, your dreams will inspire others, so dream big. 
I dreamed of being a thought leader in collaboration by being a collaborator, and it's coming true. What's your dream? Second key message, collaboration is a key part of your successful organizational culture. And three, yeah, so culture, let me stop there. Culture, it's not an event, it's not a meeting, it's not a project. It's how you are, how you work together inside your organization and outside. And three, how you are in relationship with others defines your future success. Linda taught me that over and over and over. I put something out to her. She comes back with some ideas and innovations, challenge, love, respect. And I hopefully do the same for all of these great guests. I really admire them. They are supporters of me, and I would do most anything for them. Next week, the theme is Now Lead, which is step nine of my 10 essential steps. And the guests include David Melia, Haskane School of Business, University of Calgary, James Armstrong, Sinoch Nexon out of Calgary, Alberta, Bruce and Bruce McIntyre and Don Simmons. I almost skipped over because they're close friends of mine and business associates. In Don's case, for about uh, oh, about a dozen years, and in Bruce's case, it's been since 1996. People I deeply respect, lead with integrity. And Charlie Graydon of Spain. Charlie is in Spain. She's the one that connects us to Europe. Um, and she has great wisdom, great contacts, and great integrity. So now lead next week. My call to action for you this week is be courageous and collaborate with audacious vision. Yeah, audacious. What's your big hairy idea? Make it so. Check in. Who is your network? Who can support you? Who can fill in your blind spots, your gaps? Who have the resources in the network that will be useful to you? And how can you be useful to them? Be courageous and collaborate with audacious vision. Let's make this world a far better place. So thank you for your time, creativity, and collaborative awareness. Talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week.